This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello and welcome to Paranormal Pets. I'm your host, Brandi Stark, and today we are talking all about rodents, those lovely paranormal pocket pets. And this is kind of exciting because this month I am hosting Radical, the art show for the Florida Rat Rescue Network. And we have some folks from the rescue who are going to talk to us. And then we have gotten submissions on rat ghost stories and so for the second half of the show we're actually going to take a look and a listen and see what we think of these stories so we'll get started with all of that right after these messages how many of you have pets my hands raised now think about how lucky you are to have such a sweet little pet in your life and that pet is lucky to have you too but unfortunately there are countless pets out there that don't have a home to call their own however bobs from sketchers is trying to change that so we developed bobs for dogs and cats to help pets in need with every purchase of adorable bobs footwear or fun stylish apparel or even the cutest bobs pet accessories sketchers makes a donation to petco love to help save shelter pets and with your help we've already saved the lives of over 1 million pets and raised over 7 million dollars so while you're getting style and comfort with features like Skechers famous memory foam cushioning you're also helping to save an adorable pet in need and helping another lucky owner be connected with a future best friend and companion because happiness is having a loving pet by your side find Bob's at a Skechers store Skechers.com select pet co-locations or wherever stylish footwear is sold Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. I have Selena Gonzalez. Hello, Selena. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. How about yourself? We are doing great. Now, I think I've met you at least once because I have all of the rats that I have are through the, uh, the Florida Rat Rescue Network. So I believe there was one day that you drove across the state to make sure I got a couple of rats. <laughs> yes, that would be me. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So I wanted to find out a little bit about the Florida Rat Rescue Network because Radical the Art Show, this has stunned me beyond belief because I, I have put on uh, the perfectly pugnacious art show. And I had to kind of pull teeth to get, you know, entries for that. And I thought, okay, I'm going to try this again with the the rats, because I really kind of want artists to be able to participate and, you know, hopefully sell their works, but also donate to rescue. So artists are donating a minimum of 20%. Some are doing more than that. Some are doing full donations to the Florida Rat Rescue Network. And what has shocked me beyond anything is that I am really excited. The art is beautiful. And the call for art was actually to represent domestic rats and to represent them in a positive manner. Because of course, as you know, rats get kind of a a negative, negative vibe. But as long as we're doing this rat themed art show, and hopefully we have our first sale in place. So fingers crossed. Let's find out a little bit more about your rescue. So it is a 501c3. But 
When did you found the the Florida Rat Rescue Network? So the Florida Rat Rescuers Network was actually founded by Lori Kemp and Ellen. I can't believe I just blanked on her last name, but (laughs) uh, Lori is still, uh, she's actually our founding member and she's one of the directors of the rescue. And they started the group on Facebook because they found that there was a need for a safe space online where Rad owners and those interested in rats could access information that wasn't being driven by breeders exclusively. And during that time, most of the Facebook rat groups were breeder driven, whether they were breeders who bred for pets, they bred for food or they bred for both. But a lot of the information was more one sided. What that did was it caused a lot of um promotion of rats as pets but when people inevitably found themselves with an animal that they weren't equipped to take care of you had an influx in people needing to rehome an animal for things as simple as normal rat behavior that they just were not aware was part of the the process and so Ellen and Lori opened the Florida Rat Rescuers Network as a Facebook group to help educate people on how to properly care for their rats, how to understand their rats better, and give them a separate resource that was more objective and evidence-based. Excellent. Well, I know, for example, I get a lot of people who are new rat owners and they'll say, you know, I think my rat's having a seizure. And I'm like, no, no, no they're dancing that's you know it's the bruxing and the boggling and they don't quite know what's going on (laughs) you know so it's something that you're right they are very misunderstood I'm like no no that just means your rat is super happy this is a good sign it's not a seizure you don't have to take them to the vet on this one so I think that's kind of interesting what parts of the state do you service So we are a foster-based rescue, meaning we don't actually have a specific shelter. All of our rats are either with the directors or fosters in several parts of the state. Uh, We're always looking for fosters because we have a large state. For the most part, we've been able to basically handle northern Florida, central Florida, and southern South Florida, but like the West Coast area and the panhandle is still an area where we're lacking when it comes to fosters. And so we'll try to connect with other rescues that are equipped to handle rats properly in those areas and hopefully funnel either an adopter or a case to them. Oh, that's excellent. I did learn, unfortunately, through Pug Rescue that I am not a good foster person because I will just adopt everything. (laughs) So I have to count my numbers. But because And I try to tell people that rats are such joyful little creatures. I mean, they all have their little personalities. Every now and again, you get a bit of a sourpuss. Somebody who's like, nah, leave me alone. But they're, you know, they're happy being on their own. You know, so I just, I don't know. They're very addictive, just like pugs. You just end up with like a a small plethora of them. And it's, (laughs) it's really, really cool. So what is the most important thing that you would like people to know about pet rats? Well, one of the things that we really, really wish people would know about rats is the fact that they are not what we call microwave pets. If you look at the fact that they are prey animals and that they are naturally more cautious and inquisitive, then you would understand that you have to take the time to develop a bond with your rat. And this doesn't matter where the animal came from. I'm one of the directors that actually takes in behavioral issues, biters, and very rarely 
or any of these issues of physical issue when they come to me. Usually it's an animal that's scared, has been picked up and thrown into situations, maybe an improper intro to other rats. And now they're basically just afraid. And what are they going to do? They're going to react. But if you've ever seen Brandy on my on the group, any of the videos of the rats that I share, the most lovable rats that I have on there came to me as biter and biters and aggression issues. So we really want owners to understand that when you're getting this this cute little animal, because that's what they are, you need to put in the time to understand them and get to develop that bond with them because that's how they're really going to learn how to trust you. And when a rat trusts you, that there's no bond like that. You're right. It is funny because Mondays I actually call Happy Ratty Monday because I clean their cages twice a week, but Monday's like the really deep clean. And it's so funny because, you know, they'll come up to you, they'll play with you, they jump from their cages onto my shoulders, you know, they can run through the rooms. And uh, I have a, a little colony of girls. And so I call it like a six way hug, you know, they all come up <laughs> on you and you're, you're kind of hugging them and they're hugging you. And it's just, it's so funny. And they are very social. I have very rarely had a biter. I don't think I've, I've encountered that too much. They soften though. I think I have one named Logan. I named him after Wolverine and he did soften after a while. And, you know, they become very, very sweet. It's just, you're quite correct that rats already have a negative reputation, which is quite unfortunate. And what people keep saying is, well, they spread the plague. And I'm like, no, the fleas did. And the reason that the rat population went out of control is that Europe was into cat killing. And that's a really sad story, but you can look it up because they consider cats to be demonic. And so without the cat population to help control the rodent population, that was a problem. And it was probably the gerbils, not the rats. <laughs> that was spreading this. Let's blame the gerbils. <laughs> it's always the gerbils, right? <laughs> But not only that, but it, there's also a triple pandemic. So there's the bubonic, pneumatic, and, uh, a, and influenza. So, you know, but nobody knows this, right? So, you know, and I love the fact that these guys can eat. I mean, holy cow, man. I call them miniature pugs sometimes because, and I try to explain to my mom when she comes over to visit because she'll, she's like, they're starving. They're all so hungry. And I'm like, mom, do you see that big pile right there in the corner? That's all of their pellets. That pile over there is the, their little cereal num-nums. They just hide everything. They're going to act like they're starving, so you feed them more. And they could be literally eating, and they look at you and say, I'm starving. <laughs> right? I mean, they just love to eat. You know, so it's just kind of, I just wish people understood just how much fun they are. So I'm delighted that the rescue is out there because unfortunately there are a lot of people that get them um, and they don't know what to do with them. Or every now and again, I will get a snake owner that'll contact me directly and say, my snake won't eat this one. And I'm like, oh my God, first of all, stop telling me about that. I don't want to hear about your snake. But you know, they don't know what to do with the rodent. And one thing they'll do is they're like, if you don't take it, I'll put it out in nature. I'm just going to release it. I'm like, you can't, you can't do that because they're domestic. Just like most other animals, they learn from, you know, their colony, from their group. And, you know, you can't just put them out in the wild. There's not necessarily that, I mean, there's a survival instinct, but they're not designed for this. So luckily I've not had one of those in a while, but I, I don't know. The other thing that surprises me is how people can't sex a rat. So uh, you get oops litters because <laughs> I'm like, how can you not tell the boys are 
they're quite well endowed. <laughs> I mean, you can tell a male, you know, so again, trying to make sure that people, you know, kind of understand what's going on. So you guys have a rat named Kermit and you said he was with the director. What can you tell me about Kermit's story? We actually were contacted by Kermit's original owner, a very, very sweet young woman. She apparently ended up on really tough times. And you can tell that she loved Kermit dearly. What a lot of people don't understand about hairless rats, which is in fact what Kermit is, is that they can suffer from entropion. And it is a congenital issue and causes a lot of eye issues. Well, that is exactly what happened with Kermit. And she actually reached out to a vet who, based on the interaction, seems like they may not have been rat savvy because they let her know that that's just how hairless eyes were and that the surgery to correct it was purely cosmetic. And so falling on hard times and seeing his condition worsen, she reached out to us because she understood that she couldn't provide him the care that he needed and his eye situation was worsening. Now, what I mean by that is that poor Kermit had basically ruptured one eye, had lacerated mm. the other. He had developed infections in his porphyrin glands. He was in a really bad state. And so she was closest to the director that lives in Gainesville. And so she took him on and we were able to fundraise because we knew this at this stage, the enucleation surgery that he was going to need plus the follow-up care was going to be pretty, pretty noteworthy. So we were able to fundraise and our community that we've been able to foster in that group helped so much that we were able to meet the goal before his scheduled surgery day. And so he did have both eyes removed. There was no way to salvage them. And poor guy, because he was left without that surgery for so long, uh, he did develop an infection in his porphyrin glands. And so that has kind of snagged his recovery, but he doesn't know really. He doesn't stop eating. He just looks like a horror <laughs> story right now, but he, he feels great. And yeah. his, his foster mom right now, which is Sarah, she's one of the directors and admins that you'll see in the group often. Uh, she's just, you know, taking the best time with him, spoiling him, talking to him. So he's in a good place. Uh, we will be updating photos of his recovery on our social media so our instagram and our facebook group once he gets through this horror phase because i don't know about you guys but i wouldn't want photos of me at my worst on social media <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm so glad you're keeping that in mind for kermit i have seen his pictures and he's a handsome little fellow i have a soft spot for hairless and i'm so glad that you were able to take him in and help him and this you know this is pretty serious stuff. I mean, folks, the other sometimes issue with the rat is that they can live, you know, two to four years, but it doesn't mean that they don't deserve the, you know, high quality care, you know. So I am just pulling for Kermit. I did see some of the, the pictures where he's got like a little, little cover over his eyes, but he is eating away. <laughs> so I mean, he's got to be happy. Now, if people want to get in contact with you or learn more about this particular rescue or to donate, uh, how can they reach you? 
So there's a few ways. They can always reach out to our posts. I mean, our uh, Facebook page, uh, which is Florida Rat Rescuers Network. We also have a website that's in the works, and that one is under floridaratrescuers.org. And we do have a donation button set up there. And the other way would be through our Instagram of the same name, Florida Rat Rescuers Network, and our Facebook group under that same name as well. Excellent. Right before we started the show, our producer told me this really interesting little fact. And I don't know if you know this, but I guess he was doing a a show with another host and she had found an article that says that rats can keep rhythm, that they have done some studies. And when they play music, rats can head bob to the music. So they actually have like an inherent sense of rhythm, which I think is fantastic. I didn't know that. So now you know that and everybody else out there knows it, hopefully. And the other thing, my last question for you and then we'll let you get back to what you were doing but so april 4th is world rat day a lot of people don't know that it exists but it was founded in 2002 by a group of rat lovers who wanted people to understand more about pet rats how do you celebrate world rat day so i think we all take to spamming our social media with (laughs) with our (laughs) lovely rat photos uh we like to take advantage of that opportunity to try to promote some form of a fundraiser so we can help, you know, have vetting funds for cases like Kermit and several other. The past couple of years, actually, with the pandemic, we've had quite a few interesting cases come through. So we do take that World Rat Day as a way to promote education, but also try to, you know, encourage a fundraiser or two to help allow us the ability to continue doing what we do. Excellent. Well, I'm going to go ahead and plug the art show here. So if anybody is interested, the art show is called Radical. R-A-T is capitalized Radical, the art show. It does have a Facebook page and it is being hosted at my studio, which is at Art Lofts in downtown St. Petersburg. Most of the artists are quite happy if you want to buy a work. It is direct sale to artists and then they will donate from there. And they are also available for shipping. So the art is, I mean, it's just blown my mind. It is so gorgeous and so cute. So it's a good way to really support this rescue and get some cool art and support the local arts as well. So Selena, we want to thank you so much for being on. I know you've got to get back to what you were doing, but keep us updated on everything and uh, keep your fingers crossed that Radical does well this year. Yes. Thank you so much for having us. Excellent. Take care. All right. And so we are going to pause for just a moment. Let's get some of those commercials in. And then when we get back, we are going to deal with the paranormal part of this podcast with some of the rat stories that have been submitted. So we'll be right back after these messages. Now time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. 
For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Brandy Stark. And welcome back. So now I've got Nancy with me. Now, Nancy, you had some pet rats and you had some that did some interesting things. Like you talked about your father who had one. Do you just want to share that story with us really quickly? Sure. Hi, Brandy. I have grown up with rats pretty much my entire life from childhood. My children had pet rats. They were always a big part of our family. So we have lots of rat stories. But my father, my brother was training his rats for a carnival game, which was a giant board where he'd cut little holes and he had colors where there were a lot of reds and maybe fewer greens and some yellows. And you would bet which hole the rat would go down when you place it you know, in the center of the board. And then they get a little treat when they went down one of the holes. So the rats loved it. My brother loved it, except for McPherson, who loved it enough that he took off and just jumped over the board and off he went in the garage and had decided that he was, he was not going to live his life out in a cage. And McPherson Mm -hmm. was our garage rat, loved my father, so connected with him. And my father would call him and he'd run out and he'd run up my dad's arm to his shoulder and take little treats from him and then run back down. He would spend his winter nesting in sleeping bags that he found and ripped up to make nests. He had quite the amazing little uh, comfortable life there. And but we never could trap him, never could cage him or bring him back in again. And he lived many years as our garage rat and my dad, when we'd travel on vacation and we'd come, you know, we always had pet sitters that would also feed him. And when they came back, my dad would walk in the garage and call him. This rat would run for joy to see my father. They are oh, wow. such smart animals. So like the personalities, they're just incredible. And so McPherson was pretty special to us. Excellent. Yeah, that's. And in fact, there was one time in which I had, uh, I was interviewing an animal communicator, and she sensed my most beloved rat shadow. And I'll tell my little ghost story with him in a second. But, uh, and she said, Yeah, he's just on the other side, larger than life. And he's just laughing and having a great time. And I thought, well, okay, that's good. Because he broke my heart, my poor little shadow. Well, I like that you brought that up, by the way, because one of the things um, I study laughter, I'm part of World Laughter Tour, and a gelatologist, which is what we call those who study laughter. And in fact, one of the animals that they uh, think laugh are rats, where they actually will Mm -hmm. tickle them and they'll make those little sounds. And it mimics a rat laughter, so to speak, maybe not human laughter, but they do laugh, they do have emotions. And of course, anybody listening to this who thinks otherwise, may we all just say, rethink your position on rats, because their intelligence and loyalty and personality is absolutely amazing and that's why i'm not surprised that you receive stories of afterlife connection with you know this after death connection with people's pets because they really do become a part of our heart 
Oh, they do. So I'm going to start with my little personal ghost story with Shadow. And then uh, we might talk a little bit about we, we tried some table tipping and I had a rat come through. And then we'll look at some of these stories. So way back when I was maybe five or six years into owning pet rats, I had one who was named Shadow. And he was a hairless rat and a, a boy. And he was just absolutely brilliant. He was one of those that I try to explain to people that animals have levels. Some of them are kind of the standard pet. Some of them are more animalistic. And then some are like, they're just human. I mean, I don't know how else to explain it. Shadow used to break out of his cage all the time. And I got very worried because of course I have the pugs and while they're not necessarily hunters, you just don't want those guys to mix Well, you're not around. So I remember one day I was like, Shadow, look, I know you like to run around, you know, outside of the cage, but I can't have you doing it when I'm not here and I'm at work during the day. So let's do this. If you will stay in the cage during the day and just sleep, I will let you out at night while I'm home to monitor what's going on. I don't know how that worked, but it worked. It was so weird. And Shadow did not identify with any rats. He did not want to be in a cage. He didn't want any cage mates. He'd stayed away from that area, but what he identified with were the pugs and he loved to sleep with them. He got a little upset because he tried to snuggle up to, to the pugs and pugs, you know, pugs are very, they can be very snotty and they would look at the rats and go, ew, and kind of scoot away. But I had an older gentleman and we called him Big Daddy. He was through pug rescue and he was very old. He was, you know, kind of blind and deaf, but the sweetest old man ever and shadow would sleep next to him and he was just so happy i mean you could just see this you know, this rat radiating this happiness but unfortunately he developed a tumor in his neck and it was inoperable i had taken him up to the vet and ultimately what ended up happening was i had to have him put down because the tumor was just going to choke him to death so he was only a year old i mean it just shattered my heart because i loved him and he knew why we were going and it was awful but the week after he passed away and this is the only rat and i've had him for 20 years and i have colonies they're called a mischief but i have groups and I've never had another one visit me quite so openly, but for the following week, there were three instances in which I saw Shadow sitting where he liked to be. So one was on top of a kind of like an alcove that had some Greek decorations. Uh, another time he was running across the room. And then the third time was kind of like on top of a wall because I had half walls in this particular room. And after one week, he just disappeared. That was it. I didn't see him again. Each instance was very, very quick. And it was always out of the corner of my eye. I don't think it was imagination. Uh, I, think, I think he was really there. And I don't really see a heck of a lot. <laughs> so if anything <laughs> ever happens, I'm like, wow, they definitely wanted to be seen. Now, you and I and the spirits group, uh, we did some table tipping which is kind of a, an unusual thing for us. I don't think as a group we've ever done it, but it's you know kind of a cool way to maybe communicate with the other side. And I think other folks had friends or spirits or family come through and I ended up with a rat. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I believe it was a little female and she identified as an, uh, what I call a table rat or a cageless rat. I'm kind of wondering if it might've been a rat that I had in my garage because every now and again, a wild rat will move into my garage and I, I don't do anything about it. I let them stay. Unfortunately, my neighbor does put out rat poison and, and uh, you know, a few times I have unfortunately found my little denizens uh, deceased because of that. But I'm wondering if maybe that's who it was and maybe she was just, and I apologize for that. She was just very glad for the ability to have a sheltered location. 
I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because I, I think sometimes when our pets come back to, to visit, oftentimes once we have acknowledged that they are here, that they're okay, then they don't feel the need to, to remain in connection. They're still around us, but not quite as prevalent because it's like, you know, I'm here. It's like a sign of comfort for you. And there is a comfort in that, in seeing, right, our beloved pets around us. And so I think once they've acknowledged that we're like, all right, we get it, you're around, then it kind of calms down. And uh, in case people do not know what table tipping is, it's a form of physical mediumship. And it comes out of the, you know, times when a lot of times where they would use different objects, the most common people would know would be the Ouija board did not come exactly out of that time period. But that's an example of physical mediumship. So with the table, you're taking a table and actually allowing spirit to come through that table to bring a message as a yes, no. And of course, as I conduct it, I'm I'm helping to bring that message forward more so beyond just the yes, no. But it Mm -hmm. allows anyone who has participated to really walk away with a certainty that there is more than this three-dimensional world because you can see the personality the table takes on. It'll walk across a room. It might spin. It will act differently depending who it is going through and, and, and who is coming through it. And so it's a wonderful tool to use as long as we do it in a way to really honor spirit who's coming through. And honestly, that's not the first time I've had an animal come through on table. They really want us to know that they're around and that they're okay. And as we've said, rats are no different than any of our our beloved animals that we've had the ability to share our life with. Absolutely. Well, I did ask the Florida Rat Rescuers Network uh, bless their little hearts. They have, they've really put up with a lot. I feel like I almost hijacked their list because of the radical art show. And then this podcast. And now, you know, then I was like, so does anybody have any rat ghost stories? And by God, they, they sent them in. So I just thought we there, most of these are short, but one is by, I think it's Lise, L-I-S-E. And she said, uh, I had a rat named Nori who was obsessed with a little baby toy that was in the rat room. It was a hanging plush type toy that giggled and said phrases when you squeezed its paw. When Nori was out, she would bite the paw constantly, making it giggle and speak. And she was the only rat that paid attention to it. A few days after she passed, I was in the kitchen and all of the rats were in their cages. And from the rat room, I heard that toy giggle and say, that tickles. I was caught off guard. And for a moment, I thought Nori was out. I ran to the rat room thinking I had forgot to put a rat away. Just as I reached the rat room, it giggled once more and said, love you. I could see the toy clearly and there was no explanation as to why the toy was being set off. So I said, I love you too, Nori, and broke down crying. I still have the toy, though it no longer worked after that day. Isn't that a sweet story? I'm almost in tears with that. I love that because, you know, when they use something to get your attention like that, it is so incredible. And, and especially that she said that after that day, it wasn't working anymore. And it goes back to what I said, that the message was delivered, the message was received, and there was no more need for that. And so what a beautiful, beautiful way. Yeah, that gave me chills. Yeah. Absolutely. This one is from Sandra. I had two separate occasions. My first girl, Tatiana, who was old and she crossed the Rainbow Bridge. Tatiana used to run in my room. And if I had my earplugs in, she would run around. But if I didn't have them in and they were available, she would steal them. After her loss, I had several pairs of earplugs go missing and end up in some of her favorite spots. 
I had a set of sisters who had crossed the Rainbow Bridge, Alpha and Omega. I, you have to love rat owners because we always name our pets really cool names. They both had tumors and wouldn't survive without each other. The few nights after they passed, the wheel ran, the plastic piece of their enclosure slapped as if they were playing on it, and the water bottle would bang against the side of the enclosure. It only lasted a few days, but it let me know that they were happy and not hurting. They just said a very chaotic goodbye. <laughs> I thought that was cute. <laughs> so the, again, as you say, message was passed on. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, we miss our pets when we've lost them. And we talk about this being a disenfranchised grief. I, I work and have run grief support groups and run pet remembrance services. And yes, we have had rats remembered at our pet remembrance services over the years. And it's a disenfranchised grief because people do not recognize what this type of loss really means to us. You don't take off work and have bereavement leave. People aren't bringing you casseroles or sending you cards. But as you related, as I've related, we've all had those special rats in our life that we can recall. No matter how many we've had over the years, there's a few that just stand out to us. And so to have that kind of proof in a way that they're still around us, at least that brings us a comfort level that maybe we're not receiving otherwise. That's right. This entry is from Anne. I've had quite a few rats that have passed, but they've also come back to visit, mostly a shadow running like the rat did. But I've had the sensation of certain rats curling up on me in their favorite places. One particular rat visited me for over a month. She was one of my heart rats, and I could hear and feel her walk across the back of my love seat before her spirit would hop on me to find her favorite spot. I think that was kind of interesting because we do have a side page for the spirits of St. Petersburg because for a number of years I was studying what I called shadow animals. So they don't manifest the same as animal ghosts. They're oftentimes seen kind of frantically running and you can sense them even in the dark. They look dark even in the dark, but you can still, you still know they're there. Uh, corner of the movement, corner of the eye movement. So it's interesting that she actually brings up uh, the shadow rat and so usually I think those are animals that are kind of transitioning over to the other side, or it could just be how she's perceiving the deceased. And that's always a possibility. Yeah, we often see it in the peripheral. We really do. Yeah. Like we think something's coming by us. And what I have found so often, and just for all of those listening, is that we sense it, we see it, we feel it, all these things people are sharing their stories about. And that's sort of the function of the right brain, that spiritual side of our brain that takes it in. And then what do we do? We immediately shift to the left brain and go, oh, I have to explain this away. That probably was just the sunlight, the way it came through, or, oh, maybe it was my imagination, right? We immediately jump into the left brain. And I urge you when these things occur, take it in and go into how am I feeling about it right now? Stay mm -hmm. in the emotional brain. Don't, don't try to logic it away. Allow it to be the experience it is for you. Allow it to bring the comfort and receive the message. My gosh, what it takes for them to come over from the other side to bring you that comfort and that sighting. And so don't ruin it by trying to, you know, be too logical about it. And I, I just did a ghost tour today. Bless their hearts. The Women's Club of St. Petersburg, there we go, did a, a bus ghost tour with me. And of course, we talk about the history of St. Pete and all that good stuff. But I did try to explain to them, I said, you know, I believe that everybody has that one instance where you know it's something spectacular, something different, something supernatural, something, you know, you know this moment. And it can be very quick. It does not have to be long, but everybody gets at least one. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, you know, and I, I try to kind of explain that sometimes how, you know, in particular personal ghosts, how they kind of manifest. It, it doesn't have to be prolonged, but it's usually something that you feel and it's, it's very all striking and you're kind of awestruck. And I agree, you know, you can try and explain as much of it away as possible, but also enjoy that sensation. You can't be over-believing, but you will know, I think, in your, your heart of hearts when it really is something significant. And our last little story is literally two lines, <laughs> and then we will start wrapping up this episode. But uh, this is from Jeanette, who said, after my last rat died, we all thought, I guess our whole family thought we saw him and heard him in his cage for at least a week. So maybe that little rat soul lingering. I do think, I sometimes wonder if animals do reincarnate or, in, well, I, I believe they do, but uh, reincarnate from the other side. And sometimes I think perhaps the longer the lifespan of the pet, perhaps the longer they manifest. Like rats, again, tend to be two to four years. I mean, they're quick. Uh, so maybe their manifestation period, you know, is a week to a month and then that's about it. Canines, oftentimes, not always, but it's about a year. Cats are odd because it's either six months or forever. <laughs> it's just like, well, that's a cat for you. So yeah. it's just, it's kind of interesting to see how that is. And that week uh, deadline, that week long deadline is kind of cool. So uh, do you have any parting words of wisdom? If Go ahead and remind us how to contact you as well if people are interested in learning a little bit more about uh, what you do and uh, the Laughing Academy. Um, how can they contact you? Sure. So my website is nancy at the laugh academy, T H E L A U G H A C A D E M Y dot com. And they can contact me through my website. And I love sharing and speaking with people and sometimes just confirming to them that what they're experiencing, they're experiencing. And even just to be there to help people in their grief and in their loss. I think it's important that we support each other, not just through the joys of, of having these wonderful animals share our lives, but it's also important we support each other through the pain that it creates. As you said, their life is so short and yet, boy, some of them leave a mark that lasts our lifetime. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time with us this afternoon to talk a little bit more about rats. One more time, I'm going to go ahead and plug Radical, the, the art show. You can find us on Facebook. Just type in R-A-T in capitals, rat I was very thrilled that Creative Loafing ran an article on the art show. I was floored. <laughs> but they're like, well, this is really weird and we love it. I'm like, okay, good. If you would like to support Rat Rescue and purchase any of these pieces, feel free to get in contact with me. My email is brandybstark13. So that's brandy, unfortunately, like the song or the drink. B, as in brandy again, and stark like Tony Stark. So B-R-A-N-D-Y-B-S-T-A-R-K, 13 at gmail.com. If you have ideas for shows, if you want to tell your paranormal pet story, feel free to send those as well. And we will come up with some new content and some new material soon. You all have a wonderful evening, afternoon, or day, or night, and happy haunting. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. 
Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>